You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Yo, 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 youthful yins, yearning, yodeling, and yowling for yaks and yippees. This is Good Job Brain, your weekly quiz show and offbeat trivia podcast. Today's show is episode 217. And of course, I'm your humble host, Karen, and we are your persona grata at the regatta of medulum oblongata errata, who oughta bada a lot of frittata and porchata. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Colin. I'm Dana. And I'm Chris. Yay. That was a good one, Karen. That was so good. A lot of being in the rhyme zone rhyming dictionary. I don't Holy know if you yeah. guys ever used that before. No, yeah. no, it, for sure. It shows. All right. Without further ado, let's jump into our first general trivia segment, Pop Quiz. Hot Shot. Here I have a random Trivial Pursuit card, and you guys have your barn yard of buzzers. Here we go. Blue Edge for Geography. Which bird features on Ecuador's flag? Oh, which bird features on Lots of on birds history? on flags. Yeah. Lots Ecuador's of flag birds. Flag. Which oh, bird oh, is it? Um, um, is it? Colin? I have a guess. And I okay. hope this sounds like a reasonable, educated, nerdy guess. I'm okay. going to guess the finch, maybe like a Darwin's finch, because like, the oh. Galapagos are near Ecuador. Nope, not finches. The answer is condor. Oh, uh-huh. okay. All right. Okay. Well, All right. Yeah. Ecuador I mean, Condor. Yeah. Pink Wedge for pop culture. Which late night talk show host was voted most likely to replace David Letterman in his school days? Oh. Oh, interesting. I have heard this. Uh, Chris. Conan O'Brien? Incorrect. Hmm. Colin. Uh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel? Jimmy Fallon? It is Jimmy Fallon. Okay. okay. Pick your Jimmy. <laughs> the late night Jimmies. I got the late night Jimmies. All right. Uh, Yellow Wedge. Which of these household appliances was invented first? Dishwasher, electric vacuum cleaner, or mm. microwave oven? Oh, my gosh. Oh. I feel like the vacuum cleaner seems it seems fundamentally simpler you really just need a powerful enough fan dish i feel like the dishwasher might be the simplest of all of these hmm. oh you think it's just a thing that shoots water and it swirls <laughs> around crank yeah. dishwasher yeah, yeah like a hand yeah yeah hand crank dishwasher yeah. sure what is it the answer is dishwasher you guys are correct yeah okay good logic uh may does it give years for them respectively for only for dishwasher 1886 oh. by josephine okay. cochran Mm. Oh, lady. All right. Good job. Was, yeah, well, she was sick of doing dishes. <laughs> she was motivated <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Purple Wedge, which magazine shares its name with the novel by William Thackeray? Oh, interesting. Um, oh, uh, I know also. But Colin Buzz first. Colin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, my guess is, is it a town and country? Incorrect. Huh. Chris. Vanity Fair. Vanity Fair. Of course. Correct. Vanity okay. yes. Fair. Green Wedge for Science and Nature. Which famous astrophysicist warned that, quote, full artificial intelligence could spell the end of the human race? <laughs> hmm. uh, Chris. Stephen Hawking. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. famous astrophysicist? <laughs> yeah. It's almost an oxymoron. Uh, last question. Orange Wedge. 
Professional football and soccer both field the same number of players. True or false? Colin, Colin, you know. Colin, Colin, save us. I think that's true. 11 for both. You are correct. Best kind of correct. <laughs> 11 players <laughs> in both sports. Congratulations. Okay. Oh, good job, guys. That was a good card. And I have one a Patreon listener fan fact. This is Kellen from Chicago, and uh, she wanted to share this cool fact with us uh because it has to do with poop and of course our, our sh- yeah we always talk about so poop on the show so yes yeah this is this is what we call native content yes um <laughs> so she says bees do poop if it eats it excretes right but right. they do not poop in their hives they're incredibly hygienic and will take all of their business outside but obviously during the winter what do they do they literally have to hold it and wait for a day that warms oh, up just a little man, bit. Man. Oh, no. And no. they will all fly out. It is on <laughs> mass. It's been reported that thousands of bees will fly out of the hive at once for a mass poop flight <gasps> known oh, as a cleansing flight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that sounds okay. much more elegant. Yeah. That sounds like a series of uh, smooth, small smoothies that you get at a, at a yeah. spa, versus like versus a whole bunch of insects just taking a dump at right, once. Right, right. <laughs> cleansing flight. Right. Yep. I wonder what happens if it doesn't get warm enough in time. Yeah. What does mm. happen? Huh. You just gotta, gotta cut make your losses decision. at some point. Yeah. Yeah. If I may, if I may draw a broad analogy to my own experience, uh, yeah, when yeah. when when I'm camping, often you know yeah. at, at yeah, yeah. night, it's the middle yeah. of the night. Uh, yeah. You're often in places where it's you know in, in the Pretty 30s, cold. maybe 40s. You know, it's yeah. it's, mm-hmm. it's chilly out there, and you really gotta go pee. And sometimes I'm like, all right. I'm going to wait and see if I fall asleep in five minutes. And if I don't fall asleep, then I'll decide again. And it's like, I don't want to go out in the tent and go pee, but you can't hold it all night. And yeah. And I just, but the other part is, you know, it's just going to get colder as the night goes on. And so at a certain Mm -hmm. point, well, you know, if you stay in place, it'll be warm for a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, actually, well, I remember we learned this from from Dana from a long time ago in an episode. It's like if you're out camping in order to stay warm overnight, you really should pee before going to sleep. Yeah. Because then your body's going to waste all this energy keeping the pee. Oh. Your body temperature. Mm. So you don't want that extra thing that your body's trying to warm up. Mm -hmm. Right. So just, just go pee. Get it out. Yeah. It won't get better the longer you wait. <laughs> it doesn't. For some no. reason, yeah, I always think, well, maybe this time, but no. For today's episode, we're going to be scratching the trivia post <laughs> and we're going to be venturing into the trivia filled litter box because this week it's the cat's meow. Well, folks, they said it would never happen. <laughs> but back in, uh, let me check iTunes here just to be sure. Back in 2013, we had an episode called The Truth About Cats and Dogs. Um, and in that episode, I had a quiz 
that was all about fictional cats. Wow, that's uh, long cats ago. in fiction. It's a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Yes, ma'am. Uh, and at the end of that quiz, Dana said, "Oh, I thought such and such a cat was going to be in it." And Colin said, "You know what, Dana? He's got to save something for the for the sequel." And um, I know you've all been waiting for it. So that's right. Buckle up. The long-awaited fictional cat quiz part. Two <laughs> straightforward title. Uh, yep. So in the first one, every single question was I would describe a fictional cat from comics, cartoons, literature, poetry, and you would tell me that the name of the cat. Uh, that is most of these questions, but just to mix things up a little bit, there's some other things uh, here and there as well that are all related to fictional cats, but the answer might not always be the name of a fictional cat. Here we go. It's going to be a buzzer quiz, but you buzz in fictional cat quiz part two, eight years later. Here's the sequel. Oh, can I, can we meow part. in instead of buzzing? Can we meow in? So that is precisely what you guys did last time. I don't know if you remember oh, really? that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a real mess. Uh, but so you should definitely, so definitely do it again. Definitely do it again. <laughs> that I don't exact, remember this. We had deja vu. Totally. The same thing. I, the, I mean, I didn't remember until I went back I and totally listened to it. Totally don't remember this. Karen was like, "Oh, can, should we meow in instead of buzz in?" Wow. No. Not much has changed. I love that you're yep. consistent, Karen. Uh, yeah, I love that your brain. Yeah, that's yep. me. You are. So yeah. there you go. Okay. Uh, yep. Yes, yep. Uh, I want you all to meow in with your distinct <laughs> so, meow. <yes. laughs> Folks who there's there's <laughs> listeners out there who've listened to these episodes like five, six times, so they all know how, how bad it got. But you <laughs> you guys all forgot how bad it got, so we're doing it all again. The meowing, all singing, all dancing, all meowing, fictional cat quiz. Okay. Um gonna be a real banger. Here we go. So are we are we gonna be out or are we Yeah, oh okay. yeah, I think we right. have to at this point. Karen Karen has signed you up for it. Yes, so here we go. Okay. <laughs> I can't believe it. Uh. Yep. yep. All right. Okay, here we go. Question one. This 19th century literary character utters the famous line, we're all mad here. I'm mad. You're mad. Meow, 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 meow. I'd say it's everybody, but mm-hmm. I think Karen meowed first. Uh, that is the Cheshire Cat. That is the Cheshire Cat from Alice's Adventures in Wonderland. Do yes. we know what okay. Cheshire is? Is that a place? Is that a, like a, I want to like say a place. Yeah, but but I don't know if that's why the, the cat is called that. Okay, question number two. This 19th century literary character has a name that roughly translates to Leader of the Tigers. 19th century oh, literary character. Uh, oh, is it meow, 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 meow? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> is that uh, Shere Khan? That's Shere Khan oh, from the Jungle Book. Yeah. Yes. Yep, yep, yep. A yep. big cat. That's right. <laughs> Please phrase your question in the form of a meow. <laughs> yes. Was, I will not, unless somebody's meowing, I will not recognize. The Shere does not recognize. Um, okay, question number three. This 19th century literary character from Emily Bronte's Wuthering Heights oh, man. is not a cat. Oh. But he does share his distinctive oh. mononym with a famous cartoon cat. 
Meow, meow, meow. Oh, uh, meow, Dana. meow. Heathcliff. Heathcliff. Yeah. Oh. Heathcliff. Yes. Yes. Both Heathcliff, the character from Wuthering Heights, and Heathcliff, the cat, are mononymous. They go by a single name, like Cher or Adele. And in fact, Heathcliff was the cat that Dana uh, was anticipating yeah. would be in quiz number one, <laughs> but did not show up. And so just for you, Dana, we have a series of Heathcliff-related questions. Could you... <laughs> You know, when you said that I asked for a cat that didn't appear, I was like, mm, it was probably Heathcliff. <laughs> That's what I thought. If you remember the Heathcliff TV show, which Dana does, uh-huh. uh, you know that it featured stories about Heathcliff as well as another group of cats who were named uh, Riff Raff, Cleo, Mungo, Hector, oh, and Wordsworth. Yeah. Yeah. What name, what group name was that group of cats known? That's oh. right. Oh man, I just until you said those names, Sheldon the Egg. No, that wasn't that's Garfield. Oops, sorry. So, similarly, Garfield also had U.S. Acres, which was another comic strip by Jim Davis. They were the B plot of Garfield and Friends. Heathcliff did the same thing. So, half the half the episode was about Heathcliff, the other half was about another group of cats. They all worked in, I think, a junkyard. Uh Riff Raff, Cleo, Mungo, Hector, and Wordsworth. What was their name? Dana. Were they the Alley Cats? You're you're close. You're closing in on it. There's actually two names for this group. The the primary one is the Cadillac Cats. Yes, oh, yes. cars. Oh, I yeah, did yeah. not remember that. They're sometimes referred to as Cats and Company as well. Terrorize your neighborhood. That's Cliff it. Cliff just won't come. I was like right, trying right, to right. sing the whole song to get to what they were called. If you, they, I think Cats yeah. and Company is in the the extended version in the you know the uh, <laughs> okay. in the yeah, okay. yeah. director's the, cut, not the single but the album cut. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so the Heathcliff show ended its run in 1988. And Mm -hmm. Heathcliff was the final original character that was given a voice by this legendary cartoon voiceover artist before his death in 1989. Oh. Oh. Meow, 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 meow. That was a lot of people. So I'll go with with Karen on this one. That's okay. Mel Blanc? Yes. Mel Blanc. Mel Blanc. Blanc. Mel Blanc. His name was originally spelled blank, and he changed it, like, with a K, and then he changed it to the C. Yeah. Oh, is that right? Uh, He apparently... A teacher once told him that that was all he was going to amount to was a big blank. And he wow. didn't. Then he changed his name. Oh. Or I don't know if the two were connected, but yes. Different um, times. Yes. Also, uh, as I was researching this, I found out that uh, his gravestone actually says, That's all, folks. Wow. Which is brilliant. Of course it does. I mean, that's that's yeah. fantastic. A plus. Uh, I mean, if you can have your catchphrase work as uh, yeah, uh, yes, a, a, yeah. an epitaph. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, now, beginning in 1945, Mel Blank, who again had a very long career, uh, beginning in 45, he began voicing another cat character of whom he has said that when he was recording this character's lines his scripts would get so covered with saliva that he would have to repeatedly wipe them clean okay as everybody i'll go with uh i'll go with uh colin on this one I think we all got it, but that has to be Sylvester. That is Sylvester. Yeah. Sylvester. Sylvester. Yep. Suffering succotash. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Blank has said that uh, that that Sylvester's voice was actually closest to his own voice, um, ah. just with just with a big old um, you know spray of saliva at the end. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and sticking with Mel Blank, so prior to that, starting in 1937, Blank lent his voice to another cartoon cat with an alliterative name. 
Now, this one had been created decades earlier in newspaper cartoons and often palled around with Ignat's mouse. What was oh. the cartoon cat? Meow, 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 meow. That sounded like Colin? Is this uh, Crazy Cat with two Ks? It is Crazy Cat with oh, two Ks. Okay, yep. all right. So uh, that was 1937, where, where uh, Mel Blanc first voiced uh, Crazy Cat, who had been around for decades. Two years later, in 1939, in what 1939 book of poetry did we meet cats such as Old Deuteronomy and Skimbleshanks? Meow. Karen. <laughs> Isn't it just called Cats? It is not just called Cats. It's in the punch bowl. I'm trying to think. I know, it, like I looked at the Wikipedia. I knew T.S. Eliot wrote yep, this. Yeah, yep, like, yep, somebody, okay. somebody's book of something cats, right? It, exactly. It's somebody's book of something cats. The name of the book is Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. Oh that's my god, that's it. the name of the book. Okay. Now, of course, yeah. in 1981, this book served as the source material for a musical all about cats, which was called. Cats. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Getting a little off, well, not, not even a little off track here because we're still talking about fictional cats. But on Thursday, June 19, 1997, Cats marked its 6,138th wow. performance on Broadway, which wow. officially made it on that day the longest mm. running, running show on yeah. Broadway. Anybody who grew up in the uh, New England area in the 1980s remembers like the TV commercials for like Cats. At the Winter Garden Theater. <laughs> yes, Winter Garden. <laughs> yep. Yep. On January 9, 2006, Katz's longest run was surpassed Ooh. by what show? Oh, man. Meow, meow, meow. Colin. Is it, is it Phantom of the Opera? It is Phantom of the Opera. Okay. And it is still running. The Phantom of the, the Phantom <laughs> of the Opera, the Phantom of the Opera has been playing at the Majestic Theater on Broadway continuously since no. it opened in January 1988. It has wow. had over 13,000 performances. If it ever shuts down, I mean it eventually wow. will shut down. It is going to take a really long time before anything passes it. Again, Cats had oh 6,000. There's other shows with hovering in the 9,000 area, but like with 13,000 performances, it's it's crazy. It's yeah. a classic. Okay, yeah. so a couple of years, a couple of years after um, Phantom opened, uh, February 10, 1990. February 10, 1990. On that date, a song sung in part by this cartoon cat went to number one on the Billboard Hot 100, oh. and it stayed there mm. for three weeks. What is the name of the cartoon cat? Meow, meow, meow. Dana. So, so this is uh, DJ Cool Cat? Uh, you are, it, it, no, I can't give uh, it to you, Dana. Meow, meow. Karen? Is it MC Scat Cat? Oh my God. <laughs> yes. That's what it is. It is MC <laughs> Scat Cat. forward. <laughs> Two steps back, Paula Abdul's song. Just like Crazy Cat, those are both Ks in the scat and the cat. <laughs> sure, sure. That's right. Yeah. And yes, MC Scat Cat from MC Paula Abdul's song, Opposites uh, Attract. Three yes. weeks at number one. I don't know if it was the first time a cartoon <sighs> cat hit the top on the Billboard Hot 100, but I can't, I can't think of another one. Opposite of Paula Abdul is a cartoon cat. It's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. right, right. A <laughs> They're pretty opposite, and he smokes too. Yeah. Um, okay, so just two more questions here. Uh, on August 31st, 1993, in the fiction, Hermione Granger purchased this cat at Magical Menagerie. Meow. Karen. 
Crookshanks. It's Crookshanks. Technically, Crookshanks was half Neasel, which is a cat-like mystical creature. Oh. Right, yes. yeah, But still fictional. Uh, Still fictional, still technically counts, yes. Um, (laughs) Also, Harry Potter fans are, are... so crazy that they they were able to figure out the literally the exact date and year in the fiction that Hermione <laughs> bought this cat. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I I applaud this. Um, okay. Finally, finally, this uh, cinematic cat, say live cinematic cat, live action, uh, was portrayed on screen in 1997 by a hairless sphinx cat whose name was. Ted Nude Gent. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Can you read that again? I'm sorry. I will. There's a lot going on there. This this cinematic cat, so I'm looking for the name of the character okay, okay. in, the, in okay. the film, was okay. portrayed on screen in 1997 by a hairless sphinx cat named oh, oh, oh. Ted Nude Gent. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> Karen meowed the loudest. And this yeah, is she did. She, she wants, she wants it more. She wants it more. Mr. Bigglesworth? Yes. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Bigglesworth <laughs> yes. in Austin Powers. Yes. Apparently, Ted Nude Gent was actually very nice. Um, oh, and he oh. uh, and he loved Mike Myers so much that he would just get super relaxed on set and just fall asleep. Oh. Oh. Which was not professional at all. And <laughs> in fact, cost, cost a lot of money in delayed shots. But... <laughs> But they brought him back for all the sequels. So yeah. Ooh. All right. Good meow, job, meow, everybody, meow, on meow. the all the fictional cats and the meowing. Really good. I think this time I will I'll want listeners to go back and listen to the meows from eight <laughs> years ago and the meows today. You know, maybe our maybe our voices are not as are not as fresh and, and, and springy as they were for meowing eight years ago. But you know, perhaps today they're just lent a certain gravitas due to the the weight of the world being on us. Yeah. We all yeah. have children now. Yeah. So we're yeah. maybe yeah. very like uh, Rum Tum Tigger, yeah. we're like old Deuteronomy. Right, yeah. right, right. From, That's from Rum Tum it's Rum, it's Rum Tum Tugger, by the way. You're mixing you're confusing it with, with Christopher. <laughs> you're combining you're, com- yeah, you're, you're, you're mixing your you're mixing <laughs> yeah. your cats. You're mixing your cats. We don't want to do that on this <laughs> on this show. Oh yeah. Tug. That'll be that'll be the next that'll be the next uh quiz in which I'll I'll combine the names of two cats. Um, and you have to figure out to <laughs> extract one cat from the other cat. The cat where okay. we're gene splicing fictional cats. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So in eight yeah. years, we can expect that quiz. Yeah. To I'm going to be ready next time. 2029. <laughs> okay. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. So growing up, there was this one uh, semi-fancy restaurant that my parents would take us to uh, as kids. It's like one of those things where I still remember the interior. I still mm. remember like the plate design. It's just one of those things <laughs> like growing up in my, in, my, in my memory. It's like kind of stuck in there. One time we were there, a dish came out, Chinese restaurant, family style. And my dad leaned over and he goes, oh, here, eat this. It's cat ears. And took a scoop, a scoop of cat ears and put it in my bowl. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, literally, like he said, cat ears. And I'm looking at it 
and it looks like cat ears. And I was like, okay, well, is he pulling my leg? Like, well, that doesn't seem really efficient. Like, what do they do with the rest of the cat? If it's just, I mean, but then again, like we eat pig ears. That's a delicacy. But then pig ears are bigger. These are like little cat ears. And then finally, as it turns out, it is really actually not real cat ears. It's noodles. It's a type of pasta. It's oh. a lot like Orchietta. does mm. really look like cat ears. But for a small moment there, I believed him. <laughs> Such a dad thing to do. Such a dad thing to do. Yeah. It's, yep, oh, it's yep, good yep. for you. <laughs> There's a mushroom, and my dad was said that they were monkey ears. They're like the black mushroom. Oh, yeah, wood ears. Oh, like wood the wood ears. ear. The wood ear yeah. mushrooms. Yeah, yeah. He said, oh, he, these are some monkey ears. And he's like, they're delicious. And he <laughs> ate one. And I was like, oh. There's so many like deceptively named foods out there in, in Chinese cuisine. The gooey duck. Or the geoduck. Mm, yeah. It's yeah. a big clam, right? A big clam yeah, with a, yeah. a weird phallic. Like a, a very yes. long extension. In Chinese, it's called elephant trunk. Oh. And so, oh. when I mean, when you don't see the clamshell and you just see the, the elongation thing, you're like, oh, mm. is it? Looks is it like an elephant, elephant trunk. trunk. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Mm. And then there's also like what we know as sweet bread, which is the, the biggest lie of all. It's not bread, <laughs> nor is it sweet. It's like <laughs> organs. So inspired by this, I actually... Actually, I've done some fun research here, and I have a list of food from around the world deceptively named after feline animal body parts. So like cat ears, I'm going to be introducing you to them one by one. And I was hoping for the ones that you've never heard of, you could venture a guess. I want to kind of see where your imagination goes. All right. And these are okay. actual food items. So if you don't know, try to reason and try to think what it could be. All okay. Right? okay. So mm. we're going to take our first stop, Canada. In Canada, they have something called the tiger tail. Ooh. What do you think tiger tail is? The tiger tail. So All right. Like so it's got to be something striped. Yep. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, geez. I mean, I should know this. Uh, I mean, I think it's a donut. Oh, oh okay. tiger tail. Oh, like a pastry. A, I yeah. like that. Like, like an a, eclair like a can- or something. Something sweet. Okay. You guys are close. Tiger tail is actually a flavor. Most mm. famously, it's tiger tail in the form of ice cream. It is yep. orange ice cream with the swirl of black licorice. Mm-hmm. Oh. Interesting. Dang. Everybody's right. making huh. a face. You can't see. Okay. It. Okay. I haven't tried it. I'll 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 save my judgment. I guess. All right. I've never seen that. I was hoping it'd be orange and chocolate. Supposedly <laughs> very delicious to people who like licorice. And some say mm. that the orange, like the strong orange flavor, is very refreshing in contrast with huh. licorice. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is a Canadian thing. You cannot find it outside of Canada, okay. and also it, it sparks like other. A tiger tail flavored things which got is- it got it a lot like a pumpkin spice or something you might just see it uh yes yes like they have, <laughs> okay. they have twizzlers oh. you know that's like tiger tail next up we're going to france and we're gonna be eating cat tongue cat tongue, cat tongue. Cat- mm-hmm. For the people who don't know take a take a guess what mm-hmm. what do you think a, little a cat, cat tongue is. is it a pastry? Warm, mm. warm. I was gonna guess like, like a maybe I've seen this on the baking show. Like like a little toasted bread or a little like a little toast point or something like that. Maybe. Oh, that's because it's like kind of raspy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's like a meringue or something. It is a cookie. If you oh. think of if you think of the Pepperidge Farm Milano, ah. that oh. type of cookie 
uh, that's not sandwiched. The cookie by itself is a cat tongue. It exists it. in many yeah. cultures. Long de chat is the, the French term. There's also huh. a Dutch term, a Spanish term. Um, it's an old kind of butter cookie, a long huh. round okay. shape. All right. Cat tongues. We got cat ears. What about a lion head? A lion head. Where's this or, from? This is from China. Oh, hmm. is this um this is uh, uh uh cabbage, I think. Oh no 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 it's not. It's a meatball. Oh. Yes, oh. it is. Uh, mm. It's huge. Okay. Usually it's cooked with cabbage. Mm-hmm. And the cabbage is supposed to be like the main. Oh, mm. okay. Oh, okay. That's cute. Yeah. Okay. Next stop, we're going to Spain, and we're gonna be drinking panther milk. Ooh. Panther milk. Panther milk. I'm going to my- yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll take a hint. Whenever people use the term panther to describe like consumer goods, uh-huh. it's always really intense. Yeah. Almost mm-hmm. borderline illegal. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah mm-hmm. I was, I was going to say some sort of like, like spiked beverage, like some, something, you know, like maybe with some mm-hmm. alcohol in it, that, but maybe it's dairy based. You are a hundred percent correct. Uh-huh. Panther milk from Spain is condensed milk with gin. Oh, oh that sounds good. That sounds nice. Like a nice evening. I don't know. I tell you what, I'm going to be trying some Panther milk later on today. Yeah. Cause I have the uh, required ingredients <laughs> in my kitchen. <laughs> A Barcelona treat. And you know what, Colin, you're you're completely right. Those are two ingredients that many people have on hand, especially if you're in the military. So originated <laughs> oh. in the 1920s in oh. Spain among um, oh, sure. the, the Spanish Foreign Legion. <laughs> okay, the story goes, the founder of the Legion asked a famous bartender at, at the Ritz Hotel in Madrid for a drink recipe that was easy to make, <laughs> could be served in... Any situation, anywhere for his soldiers. So obviously canned condensed milk is like Ah. high shelf life. It's sweet and mixed with whatever clear alcohol is lying around. (laughs) So some historians think that originated from injured soldiers who wanted some quick relief. And what they had was medical grade alcohol. And so they put some condensed milk to to make it, you know, a little bit more palatable. That fits the name better, I'll say. Like, it's gonna rough you up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, industrial medical. Ah. Now, nowadays, it's commonly with gin, condensed milk with gin, and maybe like some spices or maybe some mm. other additions like grenadine syrup but it is mm. it is a milky drink i like it so we started with tiger tail and we're gonna end with the the tiger nut what do you think tiger nut is mm. our last one tiger nut may sound familiar uh yeah i mean i, I thought it was a nut i've had i think things with like tiger nut um uh, flour in them before but i'm I yes guess it's not yeah. like is it so? It's not a nut, is what you're saying? Well, it's not a tiger testicle. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, like, it's like a like a, like a like a cashew or a peanut or not nuts. A botanical. You know? It's okay. not a botanical nut. It is a tuber. Oh. oh, it's a small, round, kind of like a little sweet potato. It made its way from North Africa to Spain. 
And actually the proto horchata, like the drink that horchata is based off of, ah. is made from tiger nuts, huh. like ground up ah. tiger nut milk. Interesting. Currently there is a giant health food craze for yep. tiger nuts. If you go to oh. Whole Foods or a supermarket, you're going to see tiger nut milk. Huh. As, as an alternative to dairy, there's tiger nut flour. It's super high in fiber. It has antioxidants. Uh, however, it is a very invasive species of weeds. Oh. So there you go. From tiger tail down to tiger nut. <laughs> we got, we got, yeah. we got yeah. it all. Well, you know the expression from soup to nuts. We've got from tail yeah. to nuts. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Hey, Matt. Did you know that wombats poop cubes? Nope. Never heard that before. Did you know the unicorn is the national animal of Scotland, Ken? I didn't know, nor do I care. Neil, did you know that Liechtenstein is the only doubly landlocked country in Europe? Jeff, isn't that an American pop artist? Well, actually, it's both. If you want to learn things like that and more, join us each week on Triviality, a pub trivia-style game show podcast where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Listen in each week to answer general knowledge trivia alongside exciting guests from around the world. And we're here, too. Join us every Tuesday for new hour-long episodes of Triviality, plus tons of extra theme content on everything from The Office and Lord of the Rings to science and geography. And sometimes we even do sports. Find us on all your preferred podcast apps and take part in the fun of playing bar trivia without the need to wear pants. Real mature, Jeff. Forget it, Neil. It's Triviality. You're listening to Good Job Brain, Smooth Puzzles, Smart Trivia, Good Job Brain. And we're back. And this week we're Feline Fine. All right. It's our feline cat show. And of course, one of us is, I would say, our own cat expert, Colin. Mm. Guilty as charged. There, there's, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, I. <laughs> I've had uh, eleven cats by my count over the course of my life. They've all been great. I wanted to put together a segment for you guys, kind of just celebrating what I consider the everyday superpowers of cats. Karen, you're you're the dog person. I'm the cat person. That's cool. That's all right. It's it's not that I don't want cats. I don't think I've ever had cats. But if I did have cats. I want like a fat cat 
not to take away from your segment, but one of the interesting things I came across was um, we always see articles celebrating this is the fattest cat or this is the fattest dog. Turns out the Guinness Book of World Records does not, does not give an award Uh... for fattest or that's good they don't want to encourage the behavior right they don't want to encourage people artificially fattening their poor their poor kitty just to get in the book that's why that's got to be really demoralizing for the cat you know if they if they earned it the right way (laughs) (laughs) to then find out you're just chronic overfeeding and (laughs) lack of stimulation I've seen a lot of times, you know, people talk about sort of like, you know, our five classic senses, right, of sight, hearing, smell, touch, mm-hmm. taste. Woo, that was a dicey there for a second. Um, <laughs> we had to cut out a lot of mistakes. Listening. <laughs> that was yeah. Got it on the seventh try, guys. I'm pretty happy about that. I have uh, some kind of just isn't this cool facts for you guys about cats. Uh, but of course, we are a trivia quiz show. I'll try and couch this with some questions here at various points. Um, uh, let's start off with a couple questions related to cat's vision. All right, let me ask you a question here. True or false? And you guys can do thumbs up, thumbs down. True or false? Cats do not have color vision. True or false? Mm. Oh, I have no idea. Chris says false. Dana says true. true. Because in The Witcher, when you take the cat eye potion, it's in black and white. I like it. (laughs) I like it. I like you. I I like whether you're wrong or right. I really like the reasoning. Maybe they see some colors. Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Okay. It is in fact false. Yeah, cats. (laughs) It's they don't really see strictly speaking in shades of gray. Um, But as you guys all kind of were getting at, there is some truth to. We believe uh, that they see mm-hmm. muted colors for sure. Have you guys seen, there's a product, I think it's called Enchroma, and it's colorblind correction oh, yeah, glass okay, yeah. for people who are colorblind. It's a whole, a whole hole on YouTube of seeing reactions of people <laughs> yeah. who are colorblind and they put on these glasses, they see color for the first time. What happens if we get a hold of these glasses and put them on a dog <laughs> on a cat? Are they going to freak out? Would it work? Uh, Someone must have I, done this Certainly the before. cats that I've known have freaked out when you try to put any kind of glasses on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. I'm going to put this on yeah. a post-it note to remind myself. This is like Karen's notes in the middle of the night, her little journal. Yeah. <laughs> Colorblind glasses on dogs? Question mark. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> True or false? Hmm. Cats can see finer details than humans. <sighs> finer yeah, details. Yeah, if you're getting right up close to something, who can see in better detail? You or your kitty? Not the mm. kitty. I'll say so I'll say true cuz I feel like maybe they they have to evolutionarily, you know what I mean, to be able to do what they do. Maybe they just really need those those fine details. Okay. Say, okay. I say true because I've seen cats play with very tiny things before or like look for bugs and mm. things like that. Like they care mm. about little details. Uh it is it is in fact false. Uh yeah. we we yeah. act as humans actually have better up close detail resolution of detail vision than than cats do. This was one that really surprised me when I learned it to learn that up close it's kind of a little fuzzy or blurry for them. And again, I was thinking like well they're hunting bugs and mice. The cats kind of ideal 
perfect focus zone is actually about six or 10 feet out in front of them. So it's for kind of in that stalking zone, stalking prey. And then when they get closer to the prey and are in sort of for the, you know, final engagement, it really relies on on their other senses. So you're saying reading glasses. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. They are not great on uh, detail vision up close, as I said, but they are really, really well suited for detecting movement. They're also really good at judging distance. Now, you know, again, for an animal that pounces to catch prey, this makes sense. And also then if you think about it, it makes sense why maybe their ideal focus is out a few feet because that's kind of their pouncing zone. If a cat is stalking something and they kind of in a little quiet moment, they kind of do that little butt wiggle, you know, and they'll kind of do a little wiggle. Yeah, yeah. 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 The belief really is, is that the butt wiggle is largely to trigger vision recalibration. They're kind of like jiggling their field of view a little bit to kind of trigger the motion detection, just get a sense of how far away it is so they can make that last little lunge. Wow. So I thought that was wow. really, really, really cool to, to, to read. Yeah. The old butt calibration. Yeah, yeah. They don't, in fact, see in the dark. They cannot see when there is no light present. But they really, 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 really can see in much lower light than humans can. They can see up to about uh, five or six times lower light than we can. One of the reasons they can do this is cats have what is called the tapetum. That's T-A-P-E-T-U-M. This is a layer of cells, uh, pigmented cells, and it sits behind the cat's retina. It, It functions like a little eye mirror. And what it does is light comes in, passes the retina, they get one chance to process the light, bounces off the tapetum, hits the retina again, and they get to process the light again. So it's almost like they get two bites at the apple on their retina. This layer is what you're seeing effectively. Like if you take a photo of a cat on a dark night or if you're driving down the road and the cat is in the headlights and then like the little glow reflector eyes, what you are seeing is the light coming back at you off of their tapetum. True or false? True or false? Cats can hear higher frequencies than dogs. Higher frequencies. I feel like my dogs freak out. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing, right? Dogs freak out over dog whistles, but cats don't freak out over dog whistles. Now, maybe they just maybe <laughs> they just like the really high frequencies. Yeah, I think yeah. that um, based on like the size of the ear canal and the ratio of ear to oh, head, and um, you know various other math that I'm doing. Just just some quick back of the envelope stuff. Here. I'm going to say dogs can hear higher frequencies than cats. Therefore, this is false. All right. The witch says, well, I, so I'm thinking about this as a as a question. And it's like, would he make dogs be better than cats in this quiz? Yeah, I'm I, in uh, your head. I'm in I, your head now. You know, so now I'm going to say true because cats win in Collins quiz dana dana is correct on this one uh yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think i think you're right i, I think it, it says a lot about cats that they kind of just maybe give you an annoyed glance when you use the dog whistle but they're like yeah man i can hear it too they're like i trust me i can hear it too they chase little tiny rodents that make little tiny sounds and they chase birds oh, that yeah. make little tiny sounds <laughs> You may not know this, uh, not all people don't know this, but they can rotate their ears independently. Each ear can rotate independently uh, through 180 degrees. 
So the cat can basically, Whoa. with almost no movement of their head, can really map the entire sort of sphere around them. True or false? Cats cannot taste sweetness. Ooh. Okay. I know. <laughs> sure, why not? They can't taste sweetness. That's why they lick their butt all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank they you. can taste deliciousness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cats cannot taste sweetness. They they feel they they suspected it for a long time. Many mammals have have sweet receptors. In fact, really good sweet receptors. Like we do, of course, as humans. Almost all the primates have really good sweet receptors because it's a really good signal of in nature things that are very valuable to us. You know, high caloric intake from sugar. You know, usually but not always. You know, good vitamins. You know, berries and things like that tend to be no, generally very meat. healthy for us. But that's yeah. you're right, Karen. Cats not only want meat, cats need meat. Cats really, they need it for regular bodily functions. Like they, they will break down if they don't have taurine in their diet. The cats have something uh, called the vomeronasal organ, also called Jacobson's organ. And what this is, is, is a little tube, more or less, of cartilage inside the, the top of the cat's mouth, okay? What this organ can do is suck in chemical components i i hate i, I don't even want to say the word smells because it, it it's it's sort of like between a smell and a flavor they can capture this from the air <laughs> they hold it in this little tube that converts it into a taste it just is the simplest way of thinking about this oh, so wow. the cat can certain things that ex that that put off the right compounds they can suck them into their mouth without touching the thing physically taste it before they even take a bite with their tongue oh, and they wow. know they they know exactly what it's going to taste like this is really really closely related to like what snakes are doing when snakes kind of flick out their tongue you know like we've all sort of heard as kids you know that's how they smell the world is they flick their tongue out and sort of a simplification they're they're Smell tasting. It's sort of, it's a sense that we don't really have as humans. Hmm. Yeah. It's really neat. I have a question. Yeah. Is it by choice or do they just live through this day to day all the time? Yeah, no, that's a great they're question. They're walking down the street. What if there's like a pile of dog poo and it's like, no. well, I don't want to smell it, but like they have I'll to. taste it. Yes, they have to taste it. That's a great, no, that's a great question. And in fact, there is a special process that they will trigger in the way they want to do this. And this okay. is, this is okay. again, Really choice. interesting. Really interesting. It is. It's by choice. Cats exhibit. Horses do this too. You might see it. It's called the flamen reaction. Okay. And <laughs> what this is, if you, again, if you've ever lived with cats or been around cats, I promise you, you've seen them do this is they'll come mm. over to something that looks maybe interesting and maybe kind of to you, even a little, you know, a strong odor. And they'll pull their lips back a little bit and kind of stiffen their neck. And they kind of just freeze and they go, and it's a it's a funny looking expression to us. It looks like maybe they're kind of grimacing, like Aah. so. When they want to do this type of smell tasting, they will exhibit the flamen reaction. I have to give some credit here to the wonderful, wonderful book "How to Talk to Your Cat" by Claire Bessant. Uh, this is a book that has been in my library for a long time. Dana, you got our next cat segment. So what I have for you all today is a cat word quiz. Okay. Um, so how it works is all of the words I've picked contain the letters C-A-T in that order with no words, no other letters between them. Okay, just, okay, okay. 
these words contain the word cat. And I'll give you two hints um, about this word to help like narrow narrow it down. Turns out a lot of words have the letters <laughs> C-A-T in them. <laughs> but, the, but there should only be one word that fits both of these clues. That's what I'm saying. All right. So get your barnyard buzzers ready. And let's blast through some cat words. <laughs> All right. First one. This is the word uh, describes improvisational jazz, but also an unrelated, <laughs> an unrelated uh, meaning of it is poop. Mm. I heard uh, Chris first, I think. Scat. Yes, scat. <laughs> How about this? So this is a page near the front of a book, and it also means self-sacrificing devotion. Self-sacrificing devotion. And a page near the front, near the front of, the of, book. of a book. Self-sacrificing devotion and a page near the front of a book. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Oh. Okay, Chris. Dedication. Dedication. Oh, okay. oh good All right. one. Good, good, yes. good. Dedication. Dedication. Yep. All right. This is the I and pin, and it, a passport, for example. And Karen. Identification. Yes. Uh, pin number. Pin. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This means to lie. It also means to manufacture or invent something. Oh. Karen? Fabrication. Yes. Fabrication. Yes. How about this one? This is a 2015 sitcom starring Sharon Horgan and Rob Delaney, and it's also the name for a devastating event. So oh, there's oh, a 2015 oh, oh, sitcom oh, it's, with uh, Rob uh, Delaney. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 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 Colin, maybe? It was a Colin. catastrophe. Catastrophe. Yeah. Yes. All right. This is a song from Taylor Swift's Reputation album. It's also a setting on a clothes dryer. Karen. Uh. Delicate. Yeah. Delicate. 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 This is the main character in Eric Carle's classic children's book, and it's an area of study for lepidopterists. Ooh. This is the uh, caterpillar, the, the yes. hungry caterpillar, if you will. Very hungry. Okay. In music, it's indicated by a note with a dot above or below, and it's a note that's played sharply, detached, or separated from others. Colin. That is staccato. Staccato. This one. I, there's an idiom uh, for it, and it's blank-brained, and it's also the fake grass and dioramas and model railways. Oh. Meow, 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 meow. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Karen, I'll accept it. Yes. Is it just scatter? Scatter, yes. Scatter. Ah, scatter. Ah. Yeah. Interesting. That fake grass that they spray on. It's like powder. Yeah. It's like flocking or scatter. Good, good term yeah. to know. Okay, last one. It's the C and CRT television, mm-hmm. and it's also part of a diode that allows power to flow out. I think I heard a horse first. I I, I think I jumped a little early, but I, I believe that is cathode. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why is pronouncing words incorrectly so funny? It always me? is. It really <laughs> is. I, I don't know. Something about it. Yep. Spinach. Yeah, yeah. it just... <laughs> Yep. Yes. 
I feel dumb for this to this day, but when someone intentionally mispronounces jalapeno as jalapeno, it makes me laugh. (laughs) It makes me laugh every time. Every time it makes me laugh. It's just because somebody in eighth grade Spanish class did it once and it, yeah. I I think we like dad jokes. Like we have a (laughs) real bias towards that and that's a real dad joke some low-hanging fruit once you realize once you start realizing like the dad jokes the dad's actually in on them and the joke is on you for believing it you know what i mean (laughs) yeah like Mm -hmm. when we went to um paris in high school the husbands of our of our language teachers also went on the trip i think the husband of the spanish teacher is in is in paris and he comes out of uh comes out of a store with a sandwich it's like Yo, look at this. I got this sandwich called a baguette. They call it that because they put it in a bag for you. (laughs) No, we all thought he was just stupid. You know what I mean? Like, because we're high school kids and we're real jerks. So we all thought that he, we thought he really thought that. No, and then I realized it's actually a, you know, funny. It's a good joke. It was just, it was wasted on us. It's so embarrassing. It's so embarrassing when you're on the wrong side of the dad joke. And you think someone's being earnest and you try to help them. And they're like, I'm not stupid. Yep, you're yep, like, yep. oh. <laughs> That's such a good joke. Now. It's a good joke. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh. me, you have to think. I mean, he's also coming out of the thing. He's got the huge bread. It's in the big long bag with the ham and the cheese, you know? and that's our show thank you guys for joining me and thank you guys listeners for listening in hope you learned stuff about super cat senses fictional cats and foods deceptively named after feline body parts Uh, You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on all podcast apps and on our website, goodjobbrain.com. This podcast is part of Airwave Media Podcast Network. So visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to other shows like The Accidental Creative, I Know What Scares You, and Movie Therapy. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.